Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you follow A to Z on all social media platforms at A to Z Sports. Trust me, you will thank me later for giving you that advice. Also, if you want to follow Jack and I on Twitter, I am at Austin Huff and Jack is at Jack A. Gentry. Guys, we've got a great show for you today. You're not going to believe this. But Clowning Watch 2020 is still going on. Uh, We've got a new segment for you called Pause or Play, where we will essentially just break down the NFL's all-decade team and share with you a few Titan snubs that we feel like should have made the cut. And in honor of National Beer Day, which is uh, today, but as you listen to this, yesterday, which Titan would you most want to get a beer with Plus, we've got some of your emails and a quick segment of Remember the Titan on the way out the door. But before we get to Tuppin, let me talk to you about TennesseeTickets.com, the place you should trust with any of your ticket purchases. You're probably like, uh, yeah, hey, thanks, Mr. Tighten Up Podcast guy. You can't, there's not even any sports going on right now. Well, look, and I get that, but. You know how like we're all quarantined for and for what feels like it's been like 372 days. Uh, we're getting to that point in quarantine where you just start making random purchases online. Why not go to TennesseeTickets.com? They have t- Titans season tickets available, and even and the best part about them is they have zero hidden fees at checkout, unlike all of the other ticket sites. Okay, but even better. Uh, even better than the deals they have online, they have, if you call them, write this number down, 615-970-1500. It's tickets.com. Hit them up. Tell them A to Z Sports sent you. Now, with that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine what is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is April 8th, 2020, and bum bum. Clowny Watch 2020 continues. Jack, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Which do you want first? I like to start with the bad news. All right. So the good news is that the Seahawks, <laughs> the Seahawks appear to be out of this clowny race. It, it's a poor, according to Mike Garofalo of NFL media. Uh, he talked on a, a Seattle radio station. I, I, it was either today or yesterday. And he said, I don't know if he's going to be back in Seattle. The chances are slim to none. That's music to my ears. And I think that's <laughs> the same, the same goes for a bunch of Titans fans. And you kind of thought that that was close to happening just because he played there at the, uh, at the end of last year, he got three sacks, didn't play a ton of games. They were interested in having him back, but I don't think they want to pay the full price for Clowney. And it, this whole offseason, Clowney and his agent have been pretty stubborn about their price, not moving. Um, That's why he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Exactly. I mean, like, like what? We're like three, three weeks after. Well, no, yeah, we started, we started this podcast on free agency so March, we're now four or April sixteenth or March sixteenth, I believe, is when deals were starting to kind of trickle yeah. through. 
So we're a month in and and he hasn't even signed. And it doesn't even appear like he's close to signing. Exactly. And I think that's because he's realized that the market for him has kind of bottomed out for a little bit. Now he's, he's not going to be a a 50% off discount, you know? Um, But I think he has come off the $20 million and it's been rumored around that 16 or 17 million may get it done for him. And that is in the Titans price range Uh, that, that lured the Titans back in, I think. And with the Seahawks pulling out, it, it kind of eliminates another contender. And Clowney, I'm sure, does not want to go to, say, a New York Jets, although I'm not sure. he. I don't think he wants to play for a team that won't contend. And those are the teams that are in on him right now, outside of the Titans, the Giants, the Jets, the Browns have been rumored. Um, so I, th- I think that the, the Seahawks pulling out gives the Titans much more leverage on Clowney than they previously had. Yeah, he's getting older. He definitely wants to go somewhere where he has a chance at winning a Super Bowl. And I think the best, the reason the Titans are have as much skin in this game still as possible is because they went to the AFC Championship last year. They shocked the world by beating both the Patriots and the Ravens and proving, hey, this team could win a Super Bowl. Now, granted, they ran into that buzzsaw that the Kansas City Chiefs, but they proved to a lot of people, hey, this is a contending team with the pieces that they have. And they brought back most of them and are basically saying, let's run it back. So that probably, you know, gives Jadavian Clowney the eyeballs emoji for, you know, when looking at the Tennessee Titans. Now, the, the, um, yeah, and I agree with you where Jadavian Clowney is kind of like to me, he's like a cookie cake at the store, you know, like he's going to be. He's going to have a pretty hefty price tag, but the longer he sits out there on the shelf, I feel like the the more that price tag is going to come down. It's still going to be more more expensive than the other cakes, but you know, the longer he sits, the 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 better it is for the Titans. Now, here's where I remember remember how I uh, told you I had good news and bad news there, Jack? Yeah. And and you alluded to them uh just a second ago, but the bad news is that uh, per Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the Cleveland Browns of all teams mm-hmm. have shown interest in Jadavian Clowney. And some people, this is the worst part about this, this bad news. Some people around the league believe Cleveland got closer with Clowney than other suitors, though nothing ultimately happened from recent talks. Yeah, um, that's that's disturbing <laughs> news. If, if the Titans like miss out on Jadavian Clowney to the Browns, it will be the free agency equivalent of them blowing that 25 point halftime lead at home a couple years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like it'll be worse than that. I, now I will say this, if there is going to be another suitor that kind of rears its ugly head in this whole clowny watch thing, like comes out of nowhere, I'd say it better be, it's best to be the Browns than any other team. Cause we know they just have a history of screwing things up. So if the, if the Titans are going toe to toe with the Browns, I like the Titans' chances. Now, granted, I'm incredibly biased, but but I like I like the Titans' chances. Now, the one thing the Browns have that the Titans don't is money to throw his way. And at the end of the day, money talks. You're definitely that's what right. worries me. Yeah, you're right. They have almost double the amount of cap space to make a move on Clowney that the Titans do. But what the Titans have that the Browns don't is certainty and stability. What I mean by that is They have a GM who's been there for a few years. They have Mike Vrabel, who doesn't seem to be going anywhere. He's had a a couple successful seasons under the helm for Tennessee. 
Now, you go up to Cleveland, they just hired Kevin Stefanski to be their coach. John Dorsey's out as the GM. So there's an unknown factor up there that is a little bit more dicey. Now, I'd imagine that Clowney, or Clowney probably wants to come on with a one- or two-year deal. And that, I think, is where the Titans should have a head, a head up. And that's because you know that Rabel's going to be there both years. You know that yeah. Robinson's going to be there both years. Now right. with the Browns, if Stefanski flops in his first year, what do they do? Do they make a move? Um, the the GM situation, uh, he's probably looking to make a splash up there in Cleveland, and I think Clowney could be that. They already took Conklin, and they paid him the big bucks. Who says they can't do that to Clowney? But if it's not about you know the extra $1 million that the, they can hand to Clowney, maybe $2 million, then... Um, I don't know why the Titans won't come out with Clowney, at least at least over the Browns. There's more teams in the mix, but I think that they should have an edge over the Browns just with, you know, the the stability factor that they have here. Yeah, I to me, Mike Vrabel could go like could go winless next year. He could go zero and sixteen, and he would still be back in twenty twenty one. Yeah, probably. Um, I, like that's just like that's just based off of the two seasons that he's already put together, and um, I I just really feel confident in him, and I know I know, and Titans fans should feel confident in him. So if like something you know, if the wheels just absolutely fell off, they're not going to. But if they went zero and sixteen, I think you you wouldn't see the end of the Mike Vrabel era just based off of what he showed this last year. Now, with that said on the counter, like kind of like playing to what you said, like the stability should play into the Titans favor because the, you got a Browns team where they just hired Freddie kitchens last year and he didn't even live to see Christmas. <laughs> like, you know, he was, so I don't know. First of all, like, and maybe this is just me speaking as an incredibly biased Titans, like Homer, but why do teams like why do free agents even consider Cleveland? Like maybe the only the only allure I could see is like being part of the first team to win a Super yeah. Bowl there and or just if they offer you like if they back up a Brinks truck into the front door of your home like that maybe that's why I would say but other than that it's like how many times do we see great draft picks and great uh free agents go to Cleveland and just fizzle out and spoil and like almost i mean we just saw it last year with uh odell beckham jr he goes to cleveland and you're thinking oh my gosh him paired with baker and jarvis landry like this is going to be these are going to be like a stud offense and two three weeks into the season they're falling apart they're they're at each other's throats and the whole thing's coming apart like that's just the culture that is mm. in cleveland and we see it year after year and we keep you know, we keep getting the wool pulled over our eyes, or at least the national media does whenever they get new free agents, but it's always the same thing. It's, it's, it's the different stories or same different, different thing, same story. I, I don't know what the saying <laughs> there is, but you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. for Judavian Clowney to, if he picks the Browns over the Titans, you know, if, if there are no other suitors coming to come to be, and he somehow takes some deal from the Browns. I think that is going to be, that's going to hurt as a Titans fan. Like yeah. that's going to hurt big time. 
especially if it's to the Browns, because the Browns are like the Kmart Cowboys. Each team ha- seems to have the pieces that they need to make a run in the playoffs. But for the right. Browns, they can't get over that hump, which is the playoffs for them. For the Cowboys, yeah. it's to make a run in the playoffs, which they seem to can't they they don't they can't seem to do with all the talent they have there. And that is what is maybe more concerning is that that all these very talented Pro Bowl type players like Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, uh, OBJ, Miles Garrett, and and more are are now with the Browns and they still can't go anywhere. That's that's troubling to me if I'm a free agent. But is it about the money or does he want to have success and possibly see a Super Bowl? That's something we don't know. And right. that's going to be a determining factor. Another thing will be, will he sign before the draft? Because the Titans could easily fix oh, their needs. Yeah, you're right. On, on the edge through the draft, early in the draft as could some other teams who are who are in need of a, a defensive end. So I think he could probably get the most out of somebody who, if he does sign before the draft, but that's another thing for him. That that, that time clock is ticking. If you're his agent, you got to be working the phones like crazy before the draft, right? Because you're going to see more money prior to than you will after because then yeah. teams will just draft defensive linemen and say, hey, we got this young stud coming up like we don't necessarily like your services aren't as needed mm-hmm. and there's so five teams think, in on them right so you so gotta think he's, guarantee that you get him even if yeah. you do stick around and wait right yeah i i agree i i think he needs to sign before will he probably not but i don't because i mean you all signs are pointing to him signing deep into the summer or something that yeah. at least that's that one report came out and said you know he may not sign till uh till training camp so I, I don't know. I, I just hope the Titans have an answer. Before, I hope the Titans have an answer before the draft because I think the Titans need an answer before the draft. Yeah. And I hope he. I still hope he comes to the Tennessee. But man, alive is this? It's. I'm just like I. It seems like every other day I get news one way or the other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's I get pro. It's Clown and Watch 2020 is like it's. It is seriously intense. And, you know, like if you're trying to wean yourself off heroin, the next closest <laughs> drug would be, would be Clowny Watch 2020. Yeah. No, you're right. Like it is, you go through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows like every other day. And uh, maybe that's just like quarantine life, like kind of playing into that. Maybe I just need to get out, go out for walks more. But goodness gracious. Um, yeah, so we'll 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 look. You know we're going to update you. Granted, we only up we only have a podcast once a week, but you you know that we're going to hit you hard with Clowny Watch every single week here on the Tighten Up Podcast, just because it's important. You know, it's it's a big deal. Oh yeah, um, moving it drives this podcast <laughs> almost at this stage. Oh, without question. <laughs> yeah, ratings are up because of Clowny Watch 2020. <laughs> People are tuning in. Um, we're going to move on to a new segment, new segment alert segment. We're going to call pause or play. And it's really just a chance for us to whether it be like read an article or read a list of some sort and a chance for either Jack or I to kind of pause and then um, play as we go through it. Because, uh, you know, to get, maybe if we have, if we want to rebut something that's said, or if we want to kind of give our, our mini takes as we go through this. And today we're going to be breaking down the NFL 
the NFL all decade team for the 2010s. Now, the NFL just came out with this list this past week, uh, just a couple of days ago, and the their all decade team um, from 2010 to 2019. And now, I, I don't want to have to remind you, but the Titans weren't great in the last decade. <laughs> we the Titans would be better fared in an all decade team from the 2000s to 2009. But if this is what we got to gab, we got to break it down. Um, They're so always Jack- getting snubbed. They're always getting snubbed. <laughs> yeah, like I don't remember. And you know what hurts is there was no social media last time the Titans had an all decade team where they were well well represented. Um, mm-hmm. but we, we got to go through this. So we're, we're going to go through this list and kind of, uh, maybe, maybe if there's an argument for a Titan, maybe we can work it in there. Um, but let's go ahead and get started just with the NFL all decade team for the offense, the quarterbacks, uh, some guy named Tom, Tom Brady. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I think and, that's right. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers. All right, look, no argument there. No, I'm cool with that. Well, I don't think on. I don't think Jake Locker is making it onto that list. All right, no, um, I don't think so either. The Titans, up until about uh, what week seven this past year, d- haven't had a quarterback in probably over a decade since Kerry Collins. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been in the top fifteen of the league for the most part. So yeah. the Titans don't qualify there. That's cool with me. Yeah, uh, you could argue Drew Brees. I'm not going to. I like Brady and Rodgers. Yeah, Ooh, I, I I do like Drew Brees though. Um, but Drew Brees won his Super Bowl in 2009, and what Aaron Rodgers won his his in 2010, I believe. Yeah, so big thing for Brees, no MVPs, which kind of that is true. Doesn't doesn't help for him, which is shocking to me. Um, yeah, yeah. So 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 we'll play there. Uh, wide receivers: Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald. Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones. Now let's be honest, the Titans at wide receiver. <laughs> there's, there's, there will never be a Titan wide receiver on any list whatsoever. Like, I don't even care if it's like a, uh, you know, like a list of, uh, I, I don't know, name it like a list of people coming to your birthday party. You will not see a Titan <laughs> receiver on that list. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not in years past. So the Titans, they don't qualify there either. Right. I don't know who, even who their closest would be up to this stage. Yes. Now, keep in mind, everything I say is for 2010 to 2019. The tides are changing. I think mm-hmm. right now the Titans have a great core, and they've got some good receivers that I think could change that narrative. Looking at you, AJ. But, Please, AJ. We are begging you. <laughs> yeah. But when we look at this group, AB, Larry Fitzgerald, Megatron, and Julio, I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna pause. Okay. And I'm gonna pull someone out. Now, maybe not who you're thinking, but I've got to get Megatron out of there. Calvin Johnson. Wait, why? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I. I don't. Oh. Okay. So, so here's my logic: is he played, I believe, nine seasons, 07 to 2015. Um, and if we're doing all decade, that's gonna start 2010, go to 2019. That's so. So three seasons of his are already out the window. And he has six seasons left, and that's 2010 to 2015. In those, in those six seasons, he amassed 538 catches, 9,700 yards, 62 touchdowns. Very good I, numbers. I, I was going to say, I, I'm still waiting to hear what the reason yeah, why. Yeah, no, I know. Him. So I'm, I'm going to build him up real quick. And he led the league in yards twice, receptions once. 
Now, who I'm going to put in is a guy from down the road in college. Not Georgia Tech, but Georgia. I'm going A.J. Green. He's been in the league since 2011. Played up until played in every season up until last year. 602 catches, which tops Megatron. 8,900 yards, one more touchdown, 63 touchdowns. And when I'm looking over a decade, look, Megatron's career didn't like happen in... If it, if it all started in 2010, Megatron would be a no-brainer. But since you can only take two-thirds of his career, which was still a little short, and compare it up against a guy who's played in every season but two in A.J. Green, then that's tough for me. And it, you, you could look at it one way where, wow, he did all of that in that amount of years, in that little amount of time. That's in- incredible, which it is. And I can go either way on this, but just... For the sake of the game, I'm going to put AJ Green in there above Megatron. Um, why, why over Megatron and not Julio Jones? Well, that's a good question. Julio Jones, he's—I don't have his numbers in front of me. I wrote these two down, but um, Julio Jones is kind of the same way. He—he's he, his career started right around the time that AJ Green's did. Right, right, and and he's been in a system which, fortunate for him, is probably more friendly than either of these two guys with. You know Stafford throwing to Megatron, which was nice. Yeah, and, but then you have AJ Dalton or Andy Dalton throwing to AJ Green with Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. That system is very helpful to a wide receiver like him, and he's been top two, if if not the best receiver in the league for the majority of his time here. So the yeah, see, I think the AJ Green Julio Jones comparison is is much closer. Megatron to me, and I and I get where you're coming from with your argument. I to me that's just more of a comparing Frank Gore to Barry Sanders type. Okay, argument. and I get that. And there's to where be- it's it's a guy who kind of left early, and you you. It's, it's like, like the what if guy, you know? Yes. What if he had played right the entire and day. and and those those few years, those I mean those six years in this decade that Calvin Johnson had were six really good incredible years all same years yeah yeah exactly and to it the same thing with barry sanders to frank gore frank gore has had longer career but barry sanders in the short amount of time he had was just so incredible so i i'm okay with calvin johnson and if i had to take anyone out I, I would maybe replace julio jones and you could probably even argue that larry fitzgerald could be bounced out of there because Larry Fitzgerald's one of those guys where he's just like universally loved. Yeah, a reputation but, for it. Yeah, but he's but his numbers aren't always universally the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah no, you're so. right. You're right there. And I just I got Julio. Well, I have Julio's numbers in front of me. More yards, more receptions than both of those guys. Five less touchdowns than Megatron. So he he's also a he's he's in that little carousel of you know which two do you yeah. want? And that's a that's a tough game to play, no matter who you take. Yeah. Yeah, but let uh, but there is no uh, no no Justin McCarrens in there or whatever. No, no McCarrens, no Kenny yeah. Britt. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Britt. Uh, tight ends. Um, Rob Gronkowski. All right, that's fine. Travis Kelsey. To me, that's I'm going to pause it right there. To me, that's a little bit of recency bias. Okay, and I wanted I kind of wanted to, but I convinced myself not to so i want to hear who you have in in front of kelsey oh see i didn't do i didn't do my homework there i would uh well you can just pull them out there's a couple that i had in mind i'll i'll pitch them to you 
Um, the Titans are a little closer than most teams, just with Delaney Walker. Although you can't, I don't know if you can insert him over those guys, just based on he's only had one a thousand yard season. Um, but names to consider for this position group is Zach Ertz with Philly. Yeah. Then you have Jason Witten, who's been here for forever. He's his career. If, if you had a a team of players from two thousand up until now, he's probably there. I think he's second all time in receiving yards. And then you have Antonio Gates. I was, and Antonio Gates was literally the guy I was just looking at his numbers yeah. that as a potential to fill in just because he, he played up until 2018. He played eight years in the deck. Well, nine years in the decade. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I think some of these tight ends just get stuck in the schemes or the, just with quarterbacks who suck. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it hurts them. And where, whereas, I mean, Travis Kelsey has had the benefit of playing in an Andy Reid offense for what the last like six years. So, and obviously his numbers, we've seen, yeah, his numbers, his numbers reflect that. Um, So, all right, well, maybe we can we can keep keep Kelsey in since we we didn't. I guess I didn't I didn't come with a better answer um, to prepare. Uh, Moving on to the tackles: Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, Joe Thomas. Um, I'm cool with that. Those all are fine. Uh, guards, uh, Jari Evans, Logan Mankins, Zach Martin, Marshall Yonda. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know a single one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, I mean, I'm good to move on if you are. Yeah. I think Evans was with the saints Mankins, maybe the Steelers or Patriots. One of those Zach Martin, obviously with the Cowboys and Yonda was the unanimous one. He's been with the Ravens for seemingly for forever. I think he may have just recently retired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So a few, a few uh, unanimous selections: Tom Brady, Joe Thomas, Marshall Yanda, and uh, Adrian Peterson are the un- uh, unanimous selections. Centers: Alex Mack, Marquise Pouncey. Perfect. That's cool. Um, yeah. uh, running backs is interesting. Running backs. Yeah. So here we go. Running backs: Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, Lashawn McCoy, and Adrian Peterson. The LaShawn McCoy one is is my wild card. I'll pause it right there. Let's just okay. LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, these guys, uh, Frank Gore has played for forever. Marshawn Lynch probably should be in there. just, But again, that could be a reputation. I don't have the numbers in front of me. AP has to be. He's unanimous for a good reason. LaShawn McCoy, that's a tough one because he was really successful in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um. I just don't know. I just don't know how a Bishop Sankey doesn't make this list. I know what the talk about a snub. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then your flex, Darren Sproles. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine cool. with that. Just because you know, just shout I'm out excited. to all the short guys in the world. Yeah, yeah points for the short guys. I don't know a running back where you could really go. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Charles, um, Matt Forte, Demarco Murray, maybe even. Yeah, great years with the Cowboys, but I think uh, I think you have. I think those running backs are pretty right. Yeah, I'd maybe go Jamal Charles over LaShawn McCoy. Okay. Um, uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball, defensive ends, Calais Campbell, Titan uh, killer. Glad mm-hmm. he's out of the division. Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, and J.J. Watt. Mm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I was I was going to get picky here, but uh, I, th- I think that's okay. And I think Calais Campbell's kind of moved towards the inside, so I was going to find a gripe with that, but... Um, those, those guys oh, are yeah. fine. Julius Peppers, JJ Watt, unanimous. Um, Julius Peppers was awesome with the Bears and the Panthers. 
Cameron Jordan still wreaks havoc on offenses. Calais Campbell, probably, if it wasn't for the Titans, I don't know if he'd make this list, but um, he's he's up there. So I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh, defensive tackles: Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue. I actually I'm fine with literally. That's all a high powered unit, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I like, you know, like I, part of me like wants to make the case for like a Jarrell Casey to sneak in there, but it's just not possible. That's a tough group to crack. They're really, yeah. That's probably Dominican Sue. They were on the same line in LA. Gosh. Yeah. Geno Atkins in in Cincinnati and Fletcher Cox dominating year in, year out in Philly. I'm cool with that. I'll play on. Probably the most dominant position group. Uh, Inside linebackers, Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis. Again. I tried to, I I did try and dissect this group. Patrick Willis is another one of those what if guys. I'll throw him in there with Calvin Johnson. Um, If his career didn't get cut short due to injury, what what could he have been? Could he have been, you know, in talks of maybe one of the all time great linebackers? I think so. Ole Miss guy, I'm going to, I'm going to take his side. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. So he, he's a, he's a big what if guy, but Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley. They've manned some great defense. Bobby Wagner, uh, the Legion of Boom, Luke Keekley during that Panther Super Bowl run and in those years where they were in contention. So I, I like that group. Yeah, same. The outside linebackers, Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, Von Miller. Those those are right. Um, Von Miller got the unanimous nod over Khalil Mack. I found that interesting. I did too, yeah. I I I, I see it, but I feel like of those three, Khalil's the best i don't know maybe i'm that's what i think i'm wrong von miller you got to think von miller was a part of those dominant denver defenses and cleo max defenses they've been good but they haven't been championship quality chandler jones same he's trapped in arizona but produces every year so and his brother's actually john bones jones of the ufc so there's a little oh what's up a little tidbit yeah i think von miller's just ability to um rush the passer is just is probably the thing that puts him up over just anyone uh Cleo yeah. Mack obviously very good as well but Vaughn is just he's just great at, mm-hmm. he, he racks up sacks yeah um, if you could throw less Halloween parties to get Chad Kelly in trouble <laughs> that would be nice was Vaughn Miller also there was a story of a of a linebacker who once a uh got sick I think it was Vaughn Miller got sick from eating mozzarella sticks at the movie theater um, <laughs> no, I don't. I haven't heard of that. <laughs> that I'll have to look that one up. But he, that to me is an all time. <laughs> like you know, how you get like players that get busted for weed or you know do do stupid stuff all the time. Tequila to me, the dumbest thing an NFL oh, player has ever done is eat mozzarella sticks <laughs> at the movie theater. Like you have to just assume that's good. You're going to get sick. You might as well just ingest COVID nineteen in your system. <laughs> Another guy who likes cheese, Vince Young, $10,000 tab at the Cheesecake Factory. They, they maybe true. should get together for a dinner. We should do an all-cheese team. Oh, <laughs> oh, I like that. I think Eddie Lacy's a contender automatically. <laughs> yeah, right, just based off of looks alone. Yeah. Uh, cornerbacks, Patrick Peterson, Daryl Revis, Richard Sherman. That's Ooh. actually another That's another strong group. I pause here. This is where I'm going. Oh, yeah? Go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Joe Hayden – if if you remember Joe Hayden for the the Browns and the Steelers, um, he came out and he, he had a big issue with this. He's one of what I think the five cornerbacks that are in this discussion: Pat Peterson, Darrell Revis, Revis Island, Richard Sherman. So Sherman is tied for the active leader in interceptions with Akib Talib. Now I'm gonna make an, I'm gonna make a case for Akib Talib here. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to make a case for him over Patrick Peterson. So, Tlaib has been in the league since 2008. In, since in this decade, he's had 26 picks, 10 touchdowns, which by far and away leads uh, cornerbacks, defensive backs um, alone. 101 pass defenses, five time Pro Bowl or one time All Pro. I, th- I think that he has to be in there. He snatched two chains. That's also a statistic. I was going to say, think. yeah, that that you should. He leads the league in uh, chain snatches. Yeah, and Michael Crabtree even had to tape his chain to his chest one one year, and <laughs> Talib still got to it. But so I so I kind of I'm, I'm okay with putting Talib in there. Revis's stats aren't jaw dropping, but you gotta. This is a hard group to judge off statistics because if you're truly a great cornerback, no one's going to be throwing at you. And I think that's why Revis's numbers are are a little um, less impressive than Talib's. But again, Revis has made five Pro Bowls this decade. He only played till 2017 and three-time All-Pro. So I think Revis has to be there. I think Sherman has to be there. The only flexible position I see is Pat Patterson, and I'm going to put Talib in there for now. For confirmation, yes, it was Von Miller who uh, went to see the new <laughs> Star Wars movie. So I guess this was around the time Force Awakens came out and purchased mozzarella sticks and an Icy as in-film snacks. Unfortunately, the combination didn't sit well, and Miller fell asleep before the blockbuster concluded. He showed up to the Broncos facility in rough shape the next day and was sent home. He said, quote, the force struck back. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great quote. I don't think you go. You you can't put regular gas in a Ferrari. I learned my lesson. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure a mozzarella stick and an icy were the only things in his system (laughs) in that movie. I'm positive. Like, look, obviously, Titans fans, we know firsthand when players do stupid stuff. Pac-Man Jones. Uh, Chris Johnson's done some dumb things. Um, Lendale White was on a freaking what uh, Patron diet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he uh, Vince Young threw his shoulder pads into the stands. Like Titans fans know firsthand dumb things. This might be dumber than anything any Titan, any NFL player has ever done. Mozzarella sticks and icy. God, they're so good though. I can't blame them. They are good, but. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, safeties. Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle. Okay. I really want to pause here, uh, but I, I saved my safety pick for the next group. Um, Eric Berry is a lot like Calvin Johnson in that in the years he played this decade, he was dominant. He was all pro and like kind of like Patrick Willis, another member of the what if team. Had he been healthy and not sick and injured, he probably could have been one of the best safeties of all time right next to Ed Reed. But that's not the case. He he hasn't really played a snap since 2016. Um, his career seems to be over. But I I think I tend to, uh, I'm leaning to leave him in there. Not because of, you know, anything crazy, but uh my guy that I would replace him with is gonna fall into the next group. So Eric Berry's safe. Earl Thomas is a great one. Um Eric Weddle. So uh, Cam Chancellor is the guy that I would maybe replace with one of those guys, but I just don't know who. And for that reason, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it, leave it be, but Eric Berry, his seat's a little warm with Cam Chancellor uh, behind him. Yeah. Um, And then uh, we just have a defensive back, which I guess is just kind of like a flex position in the Mm -hmm. uh, defensive backfield. Chris Harris and Tyran Matthew. 
What do you think about that? I, I'm I'm actually completely fine with both of them. I'm removing uh, Tyron Matthew. The is Tyron Matthew the only thing I would ask with him? What year was he? Was he drafted? He's been uh, he's been in the league since 2013. Okay, which is longer than I thought. It seems like he. I was gonna say yeah. He's more feel, new than that. I I feel so old just reading this list. <laughs> but I think they have Tyron Matthew in there because he can do it all. You know, slot corner, right? Safety. Yes. And that's but, the, that's why I'm okay with it because yeah. he is kind of one of those. Um, the numbers may not be there, but the impact he makes. Obviously, like you saw, like the Titans saw it in in, uh, in the AFC title game. Like he 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 didn't have like a great number stats wise, but he was all over the field, yeah. just ball disrupting hawk. things. Yes, he's a ball hawk, and I would pull him out just for Devin McCourty, which is the twin brother of Jason McCourty. The Titans came close again. So just that, that kind of counts as a Titan making just this like list. a couple genetic molecules. They share, off. yeah, they share uh, chromosomes. I think. Is that so, how twins work? <laughs> I I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, McCourty's been in the league since 2010. He has nine more interceptions this decade, seven more forced fumbles, two-time pro bowler. But what was interesting about him, one of those he made as a cornerback early in his career when the Pats were a little depleted at the position. But then later in, the, later in his career, he made it of the pro bowl as a safety as well. Matthew leads him in sacks nine to three, but I—I uh, I mean, I, I think Devin McCourty just the longevity really is on his side here. Um, so so that's why I'm going to pull the Honey Badger. And then for the special team guys, uh, this is the one spot. This is the one position where Titans fans we have a cr- a fighting argument as to a Titan getting snubbed. Punters, <laughs> obviously, so obviously. Obviously, the Titans had a lot of punts in the 2010s, okay? Oh, too many, the, too many punts. Probably, yeah, way, probably way too many punts. The, the Titans probably led the league in punts in the 2010s. And that includes teams like the – that included, what, two teams that went 0-16, I think? Yeah, um, I think you're right. Who was the, the, the At least Lions? one, at very least. Um Maybe just the Browns like went zero uh, sixteen, and I think the when the Lions did, I think that was in the twenty tens. But uh, the punters on this list: Johnny Hecker, Shane Leckler, both great punters. Don't get me wrong, but in two tone blue, you've got sitting one of the greatest punting legs in the history of the sport, and that is, and that is all bias aside. <laughs> No, it really is. It's the one <laughs> circumstance where bias doesn't even factor into this argument. He is so – Brett Kern deserves to be on this list. He is so good. He is so good at at, at punting that I, I – like it, it, it pains me that – and look, I get it. The Titans get left out on a lot of things with the NFL, uh, especially last decade. Like and every NFL commercial, you're, you're never going to see – a Titan or uh, a Titan fan represented Titans are very underrepresented in the entire scheme of the NFL. That's starting to change because they're starting to get good. But for the last decade, very underrepresented. They're not a hot button team. They don't move the needle. They're just not, they're just, and that's just the, the, the case of the matter. Like it's, it's just a sad reality we have to deal with. But the one area where they should be represented <laughs> is at this position, at punter, and he's not. So 
I don't know. Jack, I know you're even more fired up than I am. Oh, I'm pissed. I think Shane Leckler knew somebody putting this list together. (laughs) And he's one of those guys, kind of like Jason Witten, if you're making an all-2000 to 2020 team, he's on there. He started his career in 2000. Yeah. Up in 2017 with the Texans for a few years. But this decade, he mostly played with the Texans, not the Raiders, where he made all his Pro Bowls. He made five uh, all. He was a five-time All-Pro before this decade, and only one time he was an All-Pro once in this decade. Um, Brett Kern, he was an All-Pro last year. He's made three Pro Bowls this this decade, and he played all 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 ten seasons. Uh, so I think that should give him at least a tiebreaker right. over Leckler. Not that who, there should be one. Who was the last? Was the last punter before Brett Kern Craig Hendrick? Golly, like have the Titans only have had like two like main like legitimate punters in the franchise history? Was there a guy in between them? I'm wondering if there was because Kern came over from Denver. We didn't or the Titans didn't draft Kern. Right. Hmm. That's a good question. I I think it might be. Yeah, because. I think, dude, I it, legit, I think they might be the only two. I mean, obviously, like, you had, like, other kickers punt a little bit in there. I think Suck Up maybe had a couple of punts and everything. Um, I, I I almost vaguely remember Del Greco punting at one point. But your two main punters all time have been Brett Kern and Craig Hendrick. And we all know how great Craig Hendrick was. Yeah. And so, so, so Hendrick... Finished his career in 2009 with the Titans. Kern's career in the NFL started in 2008 with the Broncos. Now, Kern joined the Titans in 2010. So there was, I believe, 14 games in between Hintrick and Kern. So the Titans have essentially had two punters, two main punters. Yeah. For for the the like, entirety of longevity's got to go into play here, right? Yeah. Like God has to go into play in this list. Like if you play if you have 6 great years as opposed to 10 like really good years, I feel like that I don't know. I feel like the longevity should play out even more. See, that's that's where that's where this list is so hard and that's why I had problems with Megatron and Eric Berry and and some of those guys, because how do you factor in great years versus really good years, although more years as well? And Leckler's Leckler's decade wasn't even that great. He did all of his damage in the 2000s. So this was yeah. a reputation move. And right. I, for one, will not sit idly by and let this happen to Brett Kern. It's, it's just it's the NFL screwing the Titans over. That's all it is. Let me ask you this. what What would you consider to be a better position group for the Titans? Would you say that since their franchise was founded or since they moved to Tennessee, would, did they have better punters or better running backs? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to ask that. Um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, this would be it's a good hard for them to, for the, for the listeners to chime in as well. It, so y'all send it, us what you think. It's hard. Yeah. 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 If you've got answers, either tweet at us at tighten up pod, um, or, uh, email us tighten up pod at gmail.com. That's a great question because the Titans have had two really good punters, but they've had like five really good running backs. Yeah. There's been more turnover at the running back position, obviously because they're getting more banged up, but Oh man, that's a great question. Both very quality positions, and, and they've had 
Yeah, and they probably had more famous names at running back with Chris Johnson, Eddie George, Derrick Henry now. Um, Marco Murray. Even DeMarco Murray, yeah. So they've had bigger names. That's a great question, dude. But I would say those are the two best positions that the Titans have produced over the 20-year, 20-plus year history. 100% agree with you. Um. Yeah, so anyway, so that's our case for Brett Kern. Tell your friends, um, if they ever try and say the Titans suck, just say, uh, punting's pretty good. <laughs> um, kickers, Steven Goskowski, Justin Tucker. Yep. I, I don't right. have any hold up there. Punt yeah. returners, Tyreek Hill, Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles getting name dropped twice in this getting thing. love. Definitely. Yeah. I, hey, I'm all for it. Give the uh, short guys some love. Um, kick returners, Devin Hester. We, you could literally end the list right there. Uh, mm-hmm. but Cordell Patterson, I'm okay with that as well. And Devin Hester wasn't even unanimous, which is blasphemous. Yes. And Devin Hester also, should be in the pro football hall of fame on his kick returning alone. Yeah. Then, I mean, he wasn't a great receiver. Let's face the facts. He just wasn't right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm okay. Yeah. You're, you're right about Cordell Patterson. The coaches, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. I'm a little surprised Ken Wisenhunt didn't get an honorable mention, but it's what <laughs> I um, uh, But real quickly, uh, I wanted to to kind of go over, since the Titans aren't very well represented in the, in the all-decade list from last decade, I wanted to put together an all-decade team for this decade, 2020. Now, granted, there's only been – you know what a handful of games that have been played in this decade and they were all in the NFL playoffs but i do think it's worth pointing out like who's who's leading the pack for the all decade team for this decade um so i put together kind of a list and i'll just run through it real quickly uh quarterback you have pat mahomes obviously yeah. he's going to make it he won the super bowl he has uh, he's tied for the number of uh, most wins of quarterbacks. Lamar the, Jackson, uh, probably honorable uh, mention there. Lamar Jackson, I also have on my list. Uh, but I will say Derrick Henry makes a strong case for quarterback because he did go one for one with a touchdown, which is as many touchdown passes as right. Lamar Jackson had. <laughs> now, Lamar Jackson threw for like 300 plus and rushed for like 180 against the Titans. So like... Yes, the Titans beat Lamar Jackson, but lest we not forget how much he dominated in that game. Um, you got to give respect to the MVP. Running back, obviously Derrick Henry. So um, Titans already represented. We're only two position groups in. Uh, I also have Raheem Mostert, who bet. And I just put him on the list based solely on the game he had in the NFC title game with 220 yards and four touchdowns. I like that. He's definitely a dark horse. Yeah. Plus, plus, I needed one more running back to add. Nick so. Chubb wouldn't be bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. Um, wide receivers: Marquise Hollywood Brown. He he had a good game against the Titans. I think 140 yards or something. Yeah. Um, Sammy Watkins. He dominated both against the Texans. He had a great game against the Titans, and then even did did some damage in the Super Bowl. Debo Samuel. Ooh, um, good one. Good Debo, one. I feel like, was a strong one. And, you know, you could maybe make an argument for Khalif Raymond because I'm pretty sure he had one of, if not the longest, touchdown reception in 2020, in yeah. this decade. He could, so, he, could make, he could make a splash. We'll see. <laughs> uh, um, tight ends. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say A.J. Brown probably finds his way in there. I, uh, I, I Which I want to say so, but if you look at the numbers, though, I don't like he, he didn't have a huge playoff. Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't. And then also, I'm going to say Jerry Judy, who hasn't played a snap in the NFL, but he's so good. <laughs> okay, I like he's that. So just good. off of the yeah, just off of like what we think is going to happen. Yeah. Okay, I'll throw Jerry Judy in there. So, um, but already still, we're mentioning Titans, which is nice on an all-decade team list, right? It doesn't oh, feel yeah. good. Uh, tight end, Travis Kelsey, Jonu Smith is my number two. Um, just below Kittle. Travis Kelsey. And then Kittle. and then George Kittle is my yeah. number three. Okay. Uh, I, like I only put Jonu because he uh, he had that touchdown catch, one of the sickest touchdown catches oh, yeah. of the decade. Um, <laughs> so, and uh, defensive line just got two names, Frank Clark and Jarrell Casey. Uh, Jarrell dominated in the Ravens game. I don't. I, I feel like we should point that out, especially yeah. with him on his way out the door. He dominated in that Ravens game. And on that performance alone, I think he deserves being a – he's one of the best defensive linemen of the decade. Big Jeff Simmons could find his way on that team 10 years down I, the road. Oh, man. Give give Jeff Simmons like four more games, and I think he'll he'll be – Gosh, he is going to be really good. I'm really excited for him. Is there a better person to learn from than Jarrell Casey? I I mean Aaron Donald would be the only one yeah. I would think like and Jarrell Casey reminds me of like a kind of like a poor man's Aaron Donald yeah uh, Aaron Donald. that's not that's not an insult like a, right? yeah right like because Aaron Donald's so good like I would gladly be in a, a poor man's Aaron Donald um, defensive back Kevin Byard Tyran Matthew Ooh, punter um, I've got oh, a go defensive ahead. back that I think is going to play for the Titans and is gonna be on this team who Jalen Ramsey. I think he's coming back to Nashville. Oh, he damn. he hasn't signed that extension that everyone thought he would sign with LA. And he mentioned on Busting with the Boys, it's either Nashville or Vegas, probably. I think he could find his way back home, and that would be pretty sweet. I would gladly take Jalen Ramsey. He is a he is a bit of a head case, but I would gladly take oh, him. Yeah. Get him back home in the mid state. Yeah. Mid state born and bred. Mm-hmm. Uh punter Brett Kern and returner McCole Hardiman. And coach, uh, obviously, just Mike Vrabel because he was the only coach on record to say he would <laughs> chop off his penis for a Super Bowl. Um, Case closed. Yeah. Uh, guys, t- on the day we're recording this, it's National Beer Day. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, National Beer Day will have already been over. But if you're know if you you're like me, might as well just go ahead and say any day is National Beer Day. Um we decided to, in honor of National Beer Day, and trust me, Titans fans are very familiar with beer based off of the last decade that we just talked about. Uh, we decided, uh, Jack and I are going to pick a player, both current and former, and we're going to pick a beer of like guys we would want to have a beer with. It's not like the best Titan ever. It's not, uh, it's not, you know based off of stats or anything like that. It's solely based off of this is just who I'd want to sit down and have a beer with. Um, so Jack, I'll go ahead and give you the honors of your first pick. Let's go ahead and go current player first. Then we'll go beer. Then we'll go past player. Current player first. Well, I would want to sit down with AJ Brown and have a nice beer with him because I have some questions about what happened in the last two years he was at Ole Miss and why that team. (laughs) I I was gonna say, I I I think that Ole Miss that Ole Miss bias is coming into. I really want to know what happened. I need to know what happened there. And since he's probably got some type of competition of who the most jacked receiver in the NFL is with his former teammate DK Metcalf. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be light on the calories. We'll, we'll go Michelob. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, light on the calories. And you don't be surprised if he mixes in some creatine in yeah, with that beer. That's cool with me. Whatever he wants. Uh, I'm going to go off the radar with my pick. I'm going to go Logan Woodside. Obviously, the Titans right now, currently backup quarterback, will probably be third string, hopefully, if they sign someone. No, no offense to Logan Woodside. But the reason I'm going Logan Woodside is because he's not a starter. Um, so, like, that to me tells me he'd be, like, more down to earth than anyone. Like, he'd mm-hmm. be cool with having a beer with me um, because him and I, I'm pretty sure, have the same number of snaps in the NFL. Uh <laughs> We, and again, this is not a knock Logan Woodside. I think he's going to yeah, be great. It's true. It's true. Uh, I, I'm just saying, like, I just feel like we would be closer on the same level. Like, I couldn't talk. I couldn't have a beer with Ryan Tannehill. He'd be like checking his phone all the time. Like, he'd he's be just look better than me. And I don't yeah, know. he's he's a he's a better yeah. He's he's a bigger star than I am. Yeah. Um, well, not that I'm a star in any means, but uh, Logan Woodside, I feel like he would have some great, really fun stories and like gossip on players. Cause like every backup does, you know, every yeah. backup always has like great stories about the guys ahead of them and the, on the depth chart. He's well-traveled um, too. He has probably some AAF stories. Oh yeah. Without question. Um, and I would like, again, I wouldn't have to like worry about him standing me up for the beer. Like I, I think he would show up probably on time. He may even beat me to the bar yeah. so, uh, <laughs> or, or to the zoom meeting i guess right now for quarantine life um, but yeah logan woodside i think he would be really cool to have a beer with um that's a good pick what are you going with with your beer with logan woodside no with your your do you pick a beer okay to, to have with uh with either um uh w- with both your 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 current player and your past player Ooh, so for my beer, oh man, I almost want to cheat and say margarita because I'm going Lindale White, and I <laughs> I know he loves his tequila. Yeah, right. So, so I, I'm going to cheat and and say a margarita with Lindale White just to see, just because I feel like we could be there for hours and him just yeah. just They're showing me the of, of top shelf tequila, which I they're going to be strong. have no experience with some top shelf, really any liquor, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, a margarita with Lindell White would be an ideal night. Okay. Um, I will go for my beer. Now, this is going to be like super I'm – not, I'm not a beer snob by any sense of the mean. It means I don't discriminate. I will drink just about any beer that you put in front of me. But uh, I, I, my go-to, like if I'm out at a restaurant or whatever, then most uh, – the reason it's my go-to is because most places have it. I go Corona with a lime. Every time, just, just, it just makes me, you know, like those commercials are like, find your beach. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Like commercials. I find, I find my beach like almost anywhere I go. <laughs> uh, like just give me the Corona with a lime, but like, I would also, but if I'm doing like a Nashville guy, maybe I should go like Yazoo. Maybe I should like stay, like uh stick to the roots in Nashville, but it's hard for me to go away from, from my beach and my former player. I'm, I'm torn here, but. And maybe it's a cop out answer, but I want to go Eddie George just because I feel like he would be cool. Like he's yeah. so experienced and he's he's gone into the acting. So like you know he's well rounded and he could you could have conversations for hours about things. He could tell you Steve McNair stories. Um, he could I just think like he would be one of the coolest past Titans to have a beer with. Now, with that said, the other guy I was thinking about, obviously 
you know how much I love Billy Volek. And yeah, if I'm going with sure. a backup quarterback with Logan Woodside, that paired, like if the three of us, me, Billy Volek, and Logan Woodside are all having a, a Corona with a lime, like I'm, I don't know. I just feel like that would be a pretty dope night. Yeah. When you were going Yazoo, Nashville, Nashville beer route, I was, I was sure you were going to, you were going to say Charlie Whitehurst. And in like a yeah, oh. somewhere, somewhere See, local. I would be I, my knees would be shaking if I was with Charlie yeah. Whitehurst. Like I'm like I would just be like he is so good looking. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I like I don't I don't I don't I don't swing that way. But it's like I don't think it matters. He's just that chiseled and that handsome. It's, a, it's an objective uh, yeah. uh, thing. But uh, yeah, no, Charlie Whitehurst. His fridge is probably stocked with the weirdest beers no one's ever heard of. I can just see it. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we get to emails, um, had a, uh, quick, uh, uh, media beef update, I guess, if you will. Now. Okay. So last week I tweeted something about, uh, how first take was like kind of crowdsourcing their, um, yeah. <laughs> their, their show and like asking people to submit ideas that they wanted players to top, like, uh, uh, Max and, and Stephen a to argue, and debate. And to me, like that really, as like a former producer, both on the national and local levels, like I've, that really, that, that annoys me more than anything. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in sports media is when people just get lazy. Um, and that to me, that was lazy and it was embarrassing. And I tweeted as much. And I said, you know, I think this is ridiculous that like a show is crowdsourcing because, that's the producer and the host's job to come up with great topics that they think the audience would be intrigued with. And anyone, you could literally put anyone in a producer chair and they could tweet out to the millions of followers and say, Hey, what do you want to see us debate? Like, that's just, anyone can do that. So why, what makes that person? So I tweeted that out and Don Davenport of three HL, who I love dearly is so great. She came in with a differing opinion, which I totally respect. I don't agree with it, but I totally respect her opinion and I appreciate her coming to the table. And then P- PK, Paul Kaharski came in kind of, uh, I guess, agreeing with me and taking shots at Don. And the two of them got into this like uh, this battle against each other, like a 104.5 The Zone versus 104.5 The Zone mini beef. And uh, I'll, I'll say this. I love Don and I love PK both very much. And I have immense amount of respect for them both. But I will tell you who I can't stand. And that's Jonathan Hutton. Oh, that guy that sucks. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, where was he during all of this? He was probably just sitting I, back watching. Part of me just wishes like, like a watcher. Oh, I wish, you know, like I, I kind of wish like everyone would have just piled on Jonathan Hutton and tweeted at him. Now I know he had no skin in the game and he didn't chime into the argument whatsoever. <laughs> But I just wish people would have just tweeted at him and just said, Jonathan Hutton, you suck. <laughs> I we, we still hate Jonathan Hutton on this podcast, in case you uh, didn't know. That was crazy, though. I was, I was I remember I was looking on Twitter and I, I couldn't check Twitter the whole day. Like my every time I looked at my mentions, I would have like 40 new notifications of like because then every listener to 104.5 the zone and every you're gonna have a take yeah person with a twitter account jumped in and take over was he yeah and so it's just uh i shouldn't have tweeted it yeah that was funny <laughs> the one time i'm like serious on twitter it, it just comes back to back like backfire on me 
See, that 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 was pretty funny though. I interned for Don. I've never really met PK like that, but um I feel like quarantine is weighing on him more than anyone else because there's not many reasons to get mad and upset anymore right now. Yeah, and, right. No, and, nobody's blocking the box right now. But he will find them. He will find them. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move on to some of your emails. Uh, we got uh, one email that we definitely want to hit on right here. Uh, it's from Morris Herman. He emailed us at tightenuppod at gmail.com, which it's probably soon going to change to tightenuppod at a to z sports nashville.com. But we'll let you know. Just follow us on Twitter and the social medias. We'll, we'll let you know when that changes. But for right now, it's tightenuppod at gmail.com. Uh, he Morris emails us and says, curious as to your thoughts on John Robinson's tenure on draft day, positively with Harold Landry, Derek Henry, Bayard, yet relative failure with Conklin, Dodd, Corey Davis, uh, Shrutola. Uh, how does he do this year and how would you grade him in the last three drafts? C plus for me, still waiting on Corey Davis to become a wide receiver one. Thanks guys. Um, first of all, no, thank you, Morris. Thank you for the email. This is a great question. And it's yeah. one that I think is is very timely this time of year. And it's one that you do have to look at with any GM that you have. Um, I will say this. Um, I th- The relative failures that he listed, I don't necessarily agree with. I think Conklin was great. Um, Kevin Dodd, obviously he didn't pan out um, on the – titans level but in my 2017 madden um franchise he's absolutely killing it he actually had an interception on andrew luck the other night uh so so and john robinson although be it drafting him in real life he is responsible for drafting him in the virtual game as well so i do got to give him credit on that (laughs) front for dodd um cory davis cory davis i think is going to get better now that aj brown is in the mix so I, th- I still think, and I agree with him when he said, I'm still waiting for Corey Davis to come wide receiver one. He may not be a wide receiver one, but I think he will be a one-two option in the coming yeah. year. So I, I think like even his failures aren't bad, but let's go, let's go through this list and of the last three, three drafts and we'll give each, each player a win or a loss and you tell like you, uh, Jack, you give your win and loss, and then we'll basically just give it like a record, like a like a win loss record for a football team, and we can judge it that way. Okay. Um, but the last three drafts, so last year's draft, Jeffrey Simmons, to me, that's a win. That's a that's an early win. I, it's, al- it's already a win to me, yeah. Because and and I think it's only going to be even a bigger win the deeper if, it goes. If you move on from Jarrell Casey f- for a guy who didn't even play a full season last year, that tells you what the franchise thinks. I think yeah. uh, that that's a win. Right. Yes. And then the early return, I think, has already been great. A.J. Brown, obviously, that's a win. Massive uh, you win. Could, Probably you the could count that as two wins. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nate Davis, to me, I think it's going to be a win. Yeah. I don't know if we can we can go ahead and chalk him up, but I think he will be. I think so, too. He struggled early on in his rookie season last year. Came on late once that O-line kind of fell into place and was a bit more stable with LaJuan back. So I think we're still obviously waiting to see there because he's going to be playing next to a new right tackle this year in Dennis Kelly yeah, now that Conklin's right. on. So we'll see. But I, I, I like where he's at. Uh, uh, Amani Hooker, uh, to mm. me, 
I'm like, I go back and forth uh, because I, I he did step up last year when the secondary was absolutely depleted. So I like, I kind of want to give him a win for that, but at the he wasn't great. So I'm, I don't know. I don't. I I kind of go tie here. <laughs> yeah, he is a fourth round pick, and it's hard to find value there, especially if you're drafting for depth in the secondary. Right. I think we'll see more of him this year than we did last year. I agree. Because, uh, the cornerback position is still yet to be filled out now. Can he place in the slot? Possibly, but where do you then move a Dory out outside? There, there's still answers, you know, left to left to kind of fill in in this in that secondary. And where Amani Hooker falls, we'll we'll have to see probably in, in, in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Walker um, didn't play last year, so I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's a loss. That was a risky pick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David Long played last year with the Rams. Ooh. Uh, he played He played in a big playoff game for the Titans. I believe it was when – maybe it was in Baltimore when Jayon Brown went out. David Long stepped up. Oh, was that who was that who jumped in for Jayon Brown? Yeah, I believe so. And I think he was a sixth rounder out of West Virginia. I think he was an All American in college as well. But yeah, it may not have been the it may have been the Patriots game, but the following game where Jayon Brown was injured, which I think was the Patriots game, he stepped up in a big way against Baltimore. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. I was look. I looked up a completely different David Long. Um, hand raised on that one. So yeah, okay. So, but would you say it's a win for a six round pick? If you can play, if you can not, if you can man the middle of the defense against the Baltimore Ravens team, and your team comes out with a victory, I think that for a six round pick, you that's a win. Okay. So, uh, so in year one, he goes one, two, three, four, uh, five and one. He goes five and one in his first year. Yeah, well, a lot of. Or, those I mean, are last year, years. not not first year, but last year, five yeah. and one. A lot of those uh, are to be determined, but yeah, right. The outlooks, well, the outlooks early well. on. 2018, Rashawn Evans, that's a win to me. Yeah. Harold Landry, that's a win. Yep. Uh, Dane Crickshank. Uh, uh, Crickshank, special, special teams ace. Well, uh, yes. Twenty-one combined tackles in twenty-eight games the last two great. seasons. I I, yeah. I don't know if he if he becomes more than that special teams guy. So I don't know. But it's not uh, bad to me. have a special teams ace, and he, he. I don't know. I don't know if that's a win or a loss. Really, it's tough. Yeah. If he can stay healthy and be a special teams ace, then yeah, that's probably a win. I guess. I mean, not a big one. Yeah, uh, Luke Falk never really did anything with the Titans. So that's, that's and now he's with the Jets. Or he played last year with the Jets. So yeah, I'd say that's a loss. Too. That's a loss. So 2018, geez, only four draft picks in 2018. Um, what do we say? Three and one? Two and two? Two and two-ish, probably. Yeah. Okay. So two and two. So 500. 2017, this is the last last uh, year we'll, we'll look into. Corey Davis, um, depends on how we rate him. I, I say it's a win because he hasn't been terrible. Like he's still on the roster. He's still starting. I think that's a win. I mean, it's yeah. so hard to find that like longevity, even in those short three years, he's still in the league. The problem is with that is that he was the fifth overall pick and that's a, that's a draft defining selection. And, and he probably did not need to be picked, taken that high. He would yeah. have been available. 
later and on. What helps Corey Davis is they found extra value in the second round this past season drafting AJ Brown. So he overcompensates for Davis's lack of production, if you will, and yeah. kind of softens the blow of a fifth overall selection on Corey Davis since they did find a wide receiver one in AJ Brown and Corey Davis is yes. a serviceable wide receiver too. Agree. Yes. And and I'm still like, I, I still think Corey Davis, his best years may be in front of him. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm being too lenient, but I, I think, I think that with the better talent around the Titans will only make him better. Yeah. And he was dealing with a foot or a toe injury or something like that last season. So yeah. hopefully he comes out healthy. So I'll give that a win. A Dory Jackson. That's a win to me. Yeah, it should be. It should yeah. be. He, he's in his he's in his last year of his rookie deal as well. It's a it's a big show me season for both of those guys. Yeah, uh, Taewon Taylor uh, loss. Oh yeah, that's not a win. That's a definite loss. <laughs> uh, Johnu Smith definite win. Johnu definite win. I can't wait for Johnu next year. He's oh one of the gosh. players I'm most excited about. What a fun project to really watch as yes. he's kind of grown over these last few years. The fact that you can pitch him the ball out of the backfield as a running back. Oh, he's so <laughs> like, versatile. He's so fast. Yeah. Um, Jayon Brown, to me, that's another huge win. Jayon Brown is is like just the silent assassin of this defense. Like he is he is a he, to me he's like the new Wesley Woodyard. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like one of those new like uh I don't know. He's just like the heart of the defense. He also claims best Titans meme out there with the do rag and the cigarette behind his ear. Um if you haven't seen that one, you should go check it out. I'll, I haven't uh, seen it with Jayon. I've seen it with Tannehill. Yeah, there, there's one with Jayon. I'll, I'll put it out on the Tighten Up podcast Okay, uh, once this episode drops. At Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram and at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Um, Corey Levin, he started one game in 2018 now with the Bears. That's a loss. Yeah, I love Corey Levin, um, but, but to, he didn't really get a whole lot of playing time here. Yeah, or he he got he got shipped off, I believe, to Denver, and now he may have found his way to the Bears, like you said. But yeah, he was a kind of a a flex lineman, plug and play him in a few different positions. Never really found his niche. Tried center, didn't really work out. Probably okay. a loss. Uh, Josh Caraway, he played one game, uh, recorded no stats. Um, loss. Yeah. Loss. Brad Seaton, uh, he was he's kind of been on and off again with the Bucks practice squad. Uh, this past year, so I'd say that would be mm. a loss. These are all what six, seventh round picks, so yes, it's it's yeah. really hard to find a winner there. And uh, Kalfani Muhammad, he is now he's kind of on again, off again with the Broncos practice squad. I would say that is a loss. So, yeah. um, one, two, three, four. so four and oh, geez, four and five in the 2017 draft, but that's I mean most of those losses are the later round selections. And a couple of those wins are dicey with Corey Davis yes. and Adore Jackson still. So, but if you put the three years together, that's, that's a winning record. And in the draft, which is such a crap shoot, like you, you could look at any team's drafts and they would be very similar to this, to where a majority of the selections don't pan out. It is so it, the NFL draft annoys me so much because People get so hung up on it and it's just a one day event and you have three month build up to it. And then these selections are made and they end up sucking and it's, it's essentially playing the lottery every year. And honestly, you don't really get the return on the investment in these drafts statistically until about five years later. So, um, 
like to say like like to for us to even be giving ratings on the last three years on the last three drafts isn't fair to John Robinson because yeah. really you should you should be given a draft after five years of every draft. Um, and that's where Derrick Henry would come into play, and yes, and Taylor right. Lewan, even guys like that. Yes, yeah, and so like that's huge. So I think John Robinson is better than than most in the GM department when it comes to picking out talent and developing talent. And obviously that goes back to his background of being a scout for arguably the greatest franchise of all time, the new England Patriots. So to, uh, for the Titans to have a guy like that running the show, I think he's done phenomenal and just looking, even going back and looking in retrospect, how he's done. I think it's been great. Yeah, and real quick before we move on, Morris gave it a C plus. I'm probably closer to the B minus. I like to grade it, you know, on how many starters he's found. And we mentioned yeah. a few of those, you know, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, Harold Landry, yeah. now Donu Smith, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, uh Nate Davis, Adoree Jackson. So that I mean that's a handful, Jeffrey Simmons. So he's been drafting starters. And if you start on this team, which is a, a contending squad, then you that has to be considered at least a mild success. Yeah, I'd I'd even venture to say I'd I'd give him a B. Okay. Um, and now I want the I want people to know that I'm not this like super Homer Titans fan. Um, I am excited for this team right now because because they are starting to turn it around and they're starting to get good again. We're starting to get flashes of the you know what we what we had you know a decade ago, but. I, like in most of my Titans, like text message threads with my buddies, like I'm usually the pessimist. I'm usually the, the, the realist, if you will, that's always like, kind of like pulling other people down, like saying, Hey, like let's, let's take it back down to earth. So I want people to know that when I, when I give these ratings, like I'm not, it's not coming from a place of like pure fandom and like, Oh my gosh, anything the Titans do are great. Like I will say when John Robinson sucks and there have been times where John Robinson has sucked and there have been times where the Titans have sucked, but this is not one of those times. And I, I do think we do need to commend John Robinson for the job he's done in the draft, which most of the times, nine times out of 10 is such a damn crapshoot. Oh yeah. It really, and the NFL is as hard as, as hard as any sport you're drafted yeah. for more positions. It's hard to find a, a distinct need sometimes. and. He's done it. I mean, he's done a, a fine job, a, a fine job, not an excellent job. Uh, you know, that, that fifth overall pick. But tough. I don't think you you, you will find a, a GM that has done an excellent job in the draft. No, and I think you're right. That's a great point because it's impossible really the, to grade out as an A+. Right. Or an Even a. the Patriots, like the Patriots, like uh, obviously they have low draft picks every single year, but they, they haven't had draft picks pan out. Like, yeah. and the development that they have had, I would – I would put that up against the, the development that the the Titans have had. The the Patriots, where they get their talent, are from off the scrap heap of you know guys cut from other teams. They don't yeah. get it from the draft. No, you're right. Other, outside of pick one ninety nine in the two thousand NFL draft, yeah, that, was, that was a lucky. We don't one. need to talk about that guy. <laughs> but uh, before we go, got to get to remember the Titan. This is our way to play. Uh, remember that guy. Everyone's favorite bar game. But for guys that are strictly in the two-tone blue, it's really just a way for us to go down memory lane and just remember, like, hey, remember that, Titan? Uh, So, uh, Jack, you want to go ahead and take it off? Yeah, I'll lead off. And it's a great bar game. Sometimes when you're in the bar, you see a fight. And I'm going to go with a guy 
Mettenberger? Really, one and a half remember the Titans. I'm going Cortland Finnegan. And and his probably most famous moment as a Titan, getting tossed around like a rag doll by another former Titan, Andre Johnson. Um, yes. That, that, yes. That game against the Texans, if, if you guys remember. If you don't, YouTube it. It's pretty crazy. But uh, I'm going Cortland Finnegan. He was not I believe Rusty – did Rusty Smith start that game? I it's, think That's he, possible. That actually yeah. is possible. Another good remember the Titans. But, but um, Finnegan wasn't really a lockdown corner. He was kind of the, the step under that for the Titans. Which he, he, he was with them through some tough years. And yeah. we like to give credit to those – to those contributing players on those tough teams because it's they probably could have found more success at a different place. But Corlin Finnegan's my my remember the Titan this week. What's yours? Yeah, Finnegan Finnegan uh, Sanford product uh, actually mm-hmm. went to my church uh, growing up uh, when I was like in yeah. high school and stuff. And yeah, he and uh, which is funny because his persona on the field you would you'd probably expect he'd be one of the last guys to be seen at church on Sundays. Yeah, um, or well in the off season. Um, <laughs> the uh, my my remember the Titan Javon Ringer or Javon Ringer. I don't know yeah. why I said Javon. Javon Ringer. You, you remember Javon Ringer? Like. He was he was like the Kirkland signature version of Darren Sproles, you know, <laughs> yeah. like like you would ask your mom to go buy Darren Sproles at the store and she'd come home with Javon Ringer. And you're like, yeah. no, mom, I said. And she's like, well, this was on sale. Um, <laughs> he, he was drafted fifth round in 2009 out of Michigan State. Uh, he put the little in little brother there. He actually he actually played four seasons with the Titans, which is about double the amount of seasons I thought he played with the Titans. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I loved him so much was because of the, he, just, he was short and he was quick, uh, but he wore the number 21. And I don't know what it is about running backs who wear the number 21, but if you are a running back and you rock the two one on your Jersey, I am going to instantly love you. Javon Ringer, LaDainian Tomlinson, Tiki Barber. Like I just love running backs. Who wear 21. It's a great number. Um, but, no. uh, the, the uh, thing I love most about Javon Ringer is you remember last week I said Eugene Amano, like he was my remember the Titan. And yeah. I said he was one of the greatest Eugenes in the history of the NFL. Yep. I'll give you 35 guesses as to what Javon's middle name is, but you'll probably only need one, Jack. Oh my goodness. Javon Ringer's middle name. I don't know. Anthony. Javon Anthony Ringer. That no. sounds right. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me say it again. Let me say it again, Jack. Remember last week how I said Eugene Amano is one of the greatest. Oh, it's Eugene, isn't it? That was went right over my Javon Eugene Ringer, another freaking Eugene. Last week I was like, I can't think of like I could only think of like three Eugenes in the history of the NFL, and here Javon is like I'm going back to back weeks with remember the Titans of guys with Eugene as a name, like. That's this wild. isn't, and, and these aren't guys from like the 1930s. Like these aren't guys from the Prohibition era. These are guys like <laughs> that played in this past decade, and their their name is Eugene at some point. So Javon Ringer, dude, you're my remember the Titan this week. That's a good one. And if you remember in the preseason, they would experiment with him returning kicks, and you know Titans fans and kick returners, they're just dying to find a good one. Yeah. Um, so so there was hope there, and. He kind of filled in as a, a backup running back. They would go up and up and down from the practice squad. So that that is a good one. He he's he reminds me a lot of David Fluellen. 
I think we'll look back on David Fluell and a lot like Devon Ringer. He hung yeah. on the roster a bit too long, but they, Titans fans always held out an unreasonable amount of hope for that man. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I legit thought that Javon Ringer, like I was kind of excited when they drafted him. I was thinking he was going to be like a Darren Sproles. Like he was going to be a guy that was like going to be a little weapon for the Titans. Um, it did not, it did not pan out that way. Uh, no. But we still respect you, Javon Eugene. Ringer. We remember you. We, we do remember you. Guys, this has been a fun show. This has been an awesome show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you you subscribe. You leave a rating, leave a review. Now, obviously, this is like one big feed for A to Z sports. So when you leave your rating and your review, go ahead and just say like, man, that Titan Up pod is so great. Or like, man, the guys on the Titan Up pod are the – are, are the, the coolest people around. They make great um, lists. They have great, <laughs> yeah, yeah, great right. other play segments. Yeah, like where else would I have learned about uh, Von Miller and his ad- addiction to mozzarella sticks? <laughs> you know, like that's not even a Titan thing, but you learned about it here on the Titan Up pod. So um, yeah, leave a rating review, uh, five stars if you don't mind. That'd be great. Um, subscribe. And uh you can email us as always, tightenuppod at gmail. Again, that's going to be changing soon. We'll let you know when that does. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know on social media at tightenuppod on Twitter or tightenuppodcast on Instagram. Trust us, guys. If you are a Titans fan, you, you're going to want to follow us. We're, we're constantly trying to just push out some good content, um, some funny content. Uh, so some funny, just very entertaining Titans uh, content that we think you guys will enjoy. Um, also a to Z sports follow at a to Z sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That is your one-stop shop. If you are a Tennessee sports fan for any of the teams and you're not already following them, you're doing the internet wrong because you will get the information first and nine times out of 10 first from them, um, rather than any other news source. So give them a follow again. I'm at Austin Huff on Twitter. Jack is at Jack a Gentry. Jack, I got to ask you, man, anything for the road? Just you people need to stay safe. Um, follow follow all these CDC rules. It's obviously important because the better we follow them, the sooner we'll have sports back. So There you go. Yeah, see, as, as well as, yeah, don't just follow us on social media. Follow the CDC and the guidelines <laughs> that they're constantly this bumping is out. The only Titans and CDC podcast. Yeah, we are we are an anti-coronavirus podcast. So just make sure you know that. And I don't know, I don't know if any of the other Titan podcasts out there are going like as like are just blatantly out and out saying they're anti-coronavirus. We are the most against the coronavirus. Oh, we are more against coronavirus than we are the Jaguars. And that's saying something. And Jonathan Hutton. Uh. (laughs) And Jay Hutt, which, you know, (laughs) you could argue maybe one and the same both are just diseases that we want to be gone um but yeah so yeah they uh and yeah guys stay safe stay at home we really want a football season and the only way we're going to do that is if we bite the bullet now seriously it's real we joke around on this podcast all the time but that is a serious statement stay at home just stay safe stay away from others for now and then later come august we can all be phil nissan coliseum see what i did there <laughs> together uh and just go uh go nuts for our boys in two-tone blue so yes sir uh, until uh i guess until next week tighten up tighten up they're the tennessee titans they're the tennessee titans they'll keep on fighting all the
Tad.